Are you going the, the color or are you talking shape? I was going color. I'm not that familiar I was with like, shapes. dang, you're over here like, oh, what that shape is? <laughs> the shape is like the, the big, I like big glasses because I have a really long face and it makes me look less like a horse. Welcome to Casting Light. Um, to the left of me is Debbie who likes glasses to express. Okay, all right, all right. We're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't I was like, oh, okay, you we want, can take I, turns. I, I can't start, though. I can start, though. I'm not going to go that, though. Do you want to? We can take turns. Sure. You All you do, do is say, hey, this is Casting Light. Uh, yes, basically. Right. Welcome to Casting Light, uh, a podcast put on by Guiding Light. My name is Daniel. To the left of me is the host, Debbie. And farther left of that is our guest today, Nick. And uh, yeah, Nick, do you want to tell us a little little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I came here from Kalamazoo. I've been at Guiding Light for four and a half months now. Um, are we? I we did not tell him anything about what yeah. this yeah, was you about. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, Nick. We gave you nothing to work with. It's okay. So, so Nick is a client here, and <laughs> community um, member. Uh, community member. Nick yeah. is a Nick is a community member at Guiding Light, which is a free substance abuse rehabilitation program in Grand Rapids. And uh, we were we we get guests for the podcast through a kind of convoluted process, and so. We went back to get him because we're recording today, and he had no idea. Nobody told him that this was going to be happening. So, uh, sorry about that. But also, I kind of enjoy this. <laughs> you know, sometimes the best surprises are surprises. Well, we talk a lot about vulnerability here at Guiding Light, and this will definitely be an, an opportunity to be vulnerable, as I have not prepared even slightly. I don't think you can prepare for this. <laughs> no, you really can't. We don't. We're not prepared. We're not. No, we are also not prepared. Oh, oh for one on opening questions, so. <laughs> you did good. How many push-ups can you do? Consecutively? <laughs> yeah. 30. I've been asking a few people that question. It's a pretty solid. It's. I mean, how, how many push-ups do you think you could do when you first walk through the doors? 10. That's a, what, what percentage is that? Is that a 200, 300% increase? I don't know how like percentages work. Why are you increase? asking me math well, questions? Is it? Well, no, because 100% would be 10 to 20 because it would double it. So it would be a 200 It's not the way that works. I don't it? know how math works. I don't know. Welcome to Guiding Lights Math Corner. There yeah. are people <laughs> screaming at the podcast right now knowing the answer to this question. Do we have a Twitter? <laughs> no. No? no. That sucks. It's either 300% or 33, so... I don't know. 300% sounds... Let's so, get a poll going. No, 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 no. If, it, if, it was, if it was 33%, if it was a 33% increase, it would go from 10 to 13. Yeah. Because that is a 30... Because you would get 33% of 10 and add yeah. it to, to the 10. Right. Okay. Anyways, this has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Solid I will have you know that when you asked me that question and I couldn't even do one push-up... You did one. Uh, thank you. That's very kind of you to give me that, but I didn't... Um, I have actually been working on it. Have you? Yeah. Do you want to come to CrossFit? No. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. I, I believe you, but I don't want to embarrass myself that badly in front of other people. Very so, accepting community. So, Nick. <laughs> what, that's true. what has been your, this is a great, that's a great segue to this next yeah. question. What has been your experience in the recovery community growing up? 
what growing up? I don't know why. Like, I thought I knew where you were going. Yeah, and I, you said growing up, and I, you lost. I, quick, I, I quickly diverted that so question. The last four months, I think, is what he's trying to say. Well, no, and I, well, thank you for the clear. So, is this your first time trying to get sober? Nope. Actually, about last June, I did a thirty-day inpatient recovery that my uh, previous employer paid for. Um, it was a very cushy place. Um, there wasn't much accountability. Things like. Uh, it was optional to show up for things like classes. That's they nice. Bring meals to you. Yeah. Um, Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> did you meet any celebrities there? I did not yeah. meet any celebrities. I was there, really but, hoping uh, there was a Lohan or something. Right? Yeah, that'd be cool. Anyway, it's a very different approach at guiding light. <laughs> <laughs> no, just just a bit. <laughs> Why is that? What do you mean? <laughs> so specifically, I would say that. Uh, Everything is not optional. Um, you're encouraged to uh, join in on everything, and if you don't, you're not going to be part of the program. So um, I like that coming in, I was very uncomfortable. Um, I didn't really have a sense even of what I was doing here or who I was. And uh, through that encouragement and support, but also a gentle push, um, I discovered a lot of those things in my time here. Gentle push. <laughs> yeah. I do love that you said gentle. That's one way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one description for it. So, so other okay. So you had the thirty days. Mm-hmm. Was that was that your first time? That was my first experience with any kind of recovery or rehab or anything like that. Hmm. What has been your experience from after thirty days till now? Like, I mean, it's it, it's usually a bit of a journey to to get mm-hmm. to where you're sitting. So after that 30-day program, um, I did 30 days uh, additionally outside of work where I did some IOP and I attended some meetings. Um, I didn't get a sponsor. I didn't attend very many meetings. I'd say maybe two or three a week tops. The IOP I took pretty seriously, um, but the IOP program was supposed to be 90 days. And when I went back to work after the initial 30, I stopped doing IOP. So essentially, I stopped doing anything recovery-wise and went right back to the same people, places, and things. Did you pick up on something, Debbie? I did. (laughs) Just in case anybody doesn't know, IOP is intensive outpatient. There we go. (laughs) Just just for people who don't like. Basically, just a class that you go to for like four hours. Yeah. Sometimes it's also three times a week. Yeah. Sometimes Um, it's also called partial hospitalization because it's they're often connected to like programming within hospitals. They have a lot of acronyms. I went to IOP a couple times. and, uh, it didn't. It didn't work for me. It does work for some people, you know. Yeah. Um, they I also use it in the mental health sector too. Like I, right. when I was in college, I interned in an IOP or partial hospitalization for mental health. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, attached to their psych- psychiatric unit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Just in case mm-hmm. anybody doesn't know. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Also, thank apparently from Nick's experience, thirty days did not cure you. No. No, no? it did not. <laughs> okay. <So>. It didn't. <laughs> But I bet they had really great pamphlets, right? I They did. They probably had great pamphlets. Well, we were still in the, the midst of COVID to some extent, so it was Zoom. So you didn't actually what? even go into a facility. Wait, you what? just logged on via computer. Intensive outpatient so at- Zoom. I was sitting in my basement doing this. Of course, oh, it's good. a basement. Yeah. It's a yeah. classic it's basement always scenario. It's basement. <laughs> a classic basement scenario. Oh. So, yeah, I was sitting in my basement logging into this. There was like four other people and a therapist on it. Yeah, that's... And so it was not, <laughs> not ideal. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting, though, that you, you... 
So we had this big thing happen, COVID happened, and, and the world shut down for a little bit, and a mm-hmm. lot of uh, services got taken to telehealth mm-hmm. and all this. So, like, you were in that group. What what was – I could, I didn't like IOP. I, I think I would like IOP more if I was sitting in my bed hitting my vape the whole day. But yeah. we're – like what what was that like were you drinking during that time so i wasn't drinking for that month i was still committed to remaining sober for that month <laughs> <laughs> very important oh, distinction yeah. <laughs> that month and so honestly i didn't get anything out of it um the people that were in the group with me were not very interactive i felt like i led most of the discussions and it was almost like a one on one with a therapist for 4 hours that three other people watched so, live in front of a studio yeah, audience yeah so it was uh it was interesting but uh i don't think that the group mentality was there very much sure. it's i think it's hard to have a group when you're not in a group right, right yeah that's true i can base i mean i could never mind anyways i was gonna say i mean i could tape up pictures of people on my walls and that's basically the same thing <laughs> yeah have you well you debbie you've actually done some telehealth stuff via zoom what, what's what's been yeah. the experience on the on the clinical side of it? Um, I think for me, it, it does sometimes take some things away. Like there are certain people that I work with that, you know, it definitely would be better in person. I think in a group situation, for sure. It would always um, be better in person, Debbie. I know that. I know. I know, Daniel. <laughs> but it is also, it can be kind of convenient for some people. Like, I, listen, not sometimes eliminating the barriers for people also allows them to better engage in what they're looking for. So I think for me, I do one-on-one and while yes, there are for some people, certain things that get lost. I think I've been doing, I've been coaching with guiding light for three years now, I think almost three years. And in that time, like the first, but pre COVID it was only in person. Mm. So for the guys who had moved out of the foundations program, they had to get here. And a lot of them don't have licenses. A lot of them don't have cars, you know? So sometimes it would be a situation of like that person loses half their session because the bus was late. And then they miss out on half of their session, not, not from their fault. So having the opportunity to go online has helped a lot in that way where people can actually still access services and still get help. Um, so I think it's not a blanket good or bad. Like, I don't think you can say one is inherently always better than the other. I think having the option for either is really freeing for some people. I know. <laughs> Daniel and I have a very deep-seated difference of opinion on this specific it's, issue. I, 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 do, I do appreciate the fact that you brought up the barriers, though, and especially yeah. with with COVID, with that mm-hmm. whole thing, with recovery. We're in Grand Rapids now, which I'm grateful that we're in a community that, A, is so large. Our, we have a bus system. Yeah. Um, Nick, were you, you're, as, if I remember, you're not from a city. I'm from Kalamazoo. Oh, you did yeah. say Kalamazoo, yeah. huh? So yeah. I grew up in a small rural town outside of Kalamazoo. Uh, so, okay. but uh, so are you from Kalamazoo? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're from Kalamazoo in the way everybody yeah. is from Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo by, by living in a place that's by Kalamazoo. If you live within 30 miles of the city limits, you're from Kalamazoo. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's I, true of so much of Michigan, right? Because yeah. there's so many. Like Detroit is the whole thumb, yeah. almost, and like that's Kalamazoo true. is the entire that's other the side. Thumb. 
What? That's also true. Well, How many times have you looked at your hand? So many times. Apparently not enough. Nobody thinks Detroit is the thumb. (laughs) No, but that whole... Let let me put it this way. When I first moved up here and I didn't live in Michigan, I thought Detroit was in the thumb. But then I lived here. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) You were born here. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Anyways, barriers. Barriers in recovery. Really what we're getting at. I know. That was a riveting (laughs) argument about where Detroit is. (laughs) I've heard that people... From outside of Michigan, think the whole state is like Detroit. They do. What? Yeah, yeah. it's a very common. Is that, what is that the case, Daniel? No, you're not, you're not from here, right? No, I feel like I'm from Arizona. Arizona's let Arizona's all Phoenix, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's one or the other. Either everybody think, either they think the whole thing is Detroit, or they think the whole thing is Iowa. Like it's all corn. It's one or the other. Most people don't have a concept I've, I've of it being both. So I listen to other, again, this is really about barriers and recovery. <laughs> I've listened we'll to a lot there. of podcasts like about different places in the U.S. And I've thought about that of like, if you don't live in that state, what do you think about that state? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Arizona's a desert. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan. I always wonder, do people know that there's an upper peninsula? No. No? They don't. I have. Did you college, know? Did you know friends. that Idaho... Idaho. Idaho actually sells more white potatoes than you mean white potatoes. Onions, onions yes. Onions. Ah! Onions. You tried so hard. I was hard. trying to be. I, I knew what you were doing, and I'm really glad I got to shut that down. Did yeah. you know that Idaho has more mountainous regions than flat area, too? Most what? people think flat potatoes. No, it's all mountains and rivers. Do you grow potatoes on mountains? No, they grow them on flat, the flat parts, but there's very few of them. Are all the flat parts potatoes? No, they're onions. <laughs> i'm so happy you took that so happy you took that okay oh you you just made none it of this makes oh. any sense because we we're referencing something that was recorded no i, I <laughs> before the episode started right no i i think that makes sense because really if you think about it like an onion is kind of like recovery you right. know yeah you're right is that first that first layer is really just peeling it off and that's just that's the pre-contemplation if you want to get clinical. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then that second layer is that's contemplation. Yeah. Okay? I love that you're using these very I learned these terms. today. Did you really? Yes, this exact okay. thing that you're talking about. Um, okay. It's it's pre-contemplation, contemplation. Is it action or is it planning? I think it's planning. Planning yeah, and planning then action. action. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you have to plan the action before you take yep. the action. So let's, say, so let's say right now with Debbie, Nick, and Doug, my name's Daniel, we're going to dig into this onion a little bit more, okay? <laughs> So we're into that. We're in the planning phase. So how did you get to a point where you're like, I need to go back to rehab? So to be very open, um, I went back to work, went back to the same schedule, same stresses, and I never really dealt with any of the initial problems at all. And so within a matter of weeks, I was drinking again. And then that whole thing about it being a progressive illness, I learned what that meant. Mm. You uh, you just start off right where you left off. Um, there's no slow progression. Within a month, I was a full-blown raging alcoholic again. And so and it got even worse. And so I started doing things like drinking at work. And uh, I knew that I was at a point at work where I was going to be asked to resign or I was going to be fired. So I walked away. Um, not the smartest decision I've ever made, but at the time I felt it was best for both parties. Um, after that, I spiraled out of control for a few months, um, four to be exact. And then I actually missed a big, uh, a big family <laughs> vacation. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, 
firing off the cuff here, and Daniel's making it easy on me. <laughs> <laughs> so you spiral out of control for an amount of months, four months exactly. Yes. And then what happened? <laughs> um, so then I, I missed a big family engagement on Thanksgiving, and uh, my mother flew in from Boise and came to my house and found me in a, a really sad state and said, Nick, you, you need to get help. And if you don't, I'm going to get you help in a way you're probably not going to enjoy. So <laughs> I wasn't sure exactly what that meant, but I knew I didn't want to go that route. So um, two days later, I went to the hospital and started detoxing. Um, I got COVID while I was detoxing in the hospital. <laughs> so crushing it. made it for two and a half years, no COVID, go to the hospital to get clean. <laughs> Bam, COVID. Sorry. Evidently, really <laughs> you have a pretty depleted immune system when you're yeah. you know, an alcoholic, right. so right. it hit me pretty hard. Right. You so, never get sick when you're drinking. Yeah. Like when you're in active know, addiction, you that? don't get colds. So that, I was in the hospital for like two and a half weeks, oxygen, all that fun stuff. Um, they, did they ventilate you? They talked about it at one point. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. I got okay. really, really sick. Yeah. yeah. It's not funny. Wow. It was like 105 degrees. It's funny fever. now. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's funny because he's here, so yeah. obviously. I made it through it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the statement of I went to the hospital to detox and I got COVID and almost got put on a ventilator, that's a little funny. <laughs> I mean, it's like taking Tylenol because your liver, liver hurts. I know, right. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's the same thing. So check out episode four for that reference. <laughs> <laughs> Doing some callbacks today. Uh so you got you got COVID in the hospital two and a half weeks. Um, were you like were you? Con I, mean, I don't know. You were conscious talking. I don't know how the ventilator system. And and honestly, that's well, you can be on oxygen without being ventilated. It, yeah. And just to clarify, like it's it is funny because you're okay now. Like, <laughs> right. Like it, yeah. there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people that that it's not funny about. But just to to clarify that, sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying. Uh -huh. Like that's fair. you know. It was a very bad situation, so I'm glad right. we can find a little okay. humor in it now. That's but true. yes, it, uh, at yeah. the time, it was pretty scary. So so how did you hear about Guiding Light? Were you in the hospital in Grand Rapids or in Kalamazoo? In Kalamazoo, okay. actually. So I got out of the hospital, and then I couldn't get into any recovery centers or rehab programs because I was still testing positive for COVID, even though I didn't have any symptoms. So for like three weeks, I just white-knuckled it at my grandma's house. And I didn't drink, um, but I, you know, hid out in the basement and didn't leave the house for three weeks. So that was a pretty dark time. I eventually tested negative, got into a, a program down in Berrien Springs called Sacred Heart, mm -hmm. which is a two-week um, rehab. And there I talked to wow. a, a recovery coach who knew all about Guiding Light. He had actually sent a couple of guys up here from there. And so he showed me a, a YouTube clip that was about a minute and a half long. And said, uh, <laughs> I bet Doug made that. Yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> I don't know. And Was said, yeah, Aaron? it's great. What's that? It just showed a brief overview. I remember they were like cooking in the kitchen and running a little bit. And oh, that's you. That's I think you, there was Doug. some was centering you. prayer was in there. Yep, yeah, that was Doug. Uh, yeah. Feels good. <laughs> <laughs> it sold me. <laughs> All right. If you want to see the clip, <laughs> the link is in the show notes. Are you going to put it in? The, yeah, yeah, it'll be in the show notes. <laughs> show notes? All right. So so he show, his name was Fred. Fred showed me the clip, um, told me a little bit about it. We called an intake specialist here, and uh, I had a brief conversation over the phone with him. 
I uh, had no idea what I was getting myself into, but, you know, I was ready to take some pretty drastic measures, and intake, I heard... Intake specialist. Yes. Don't you love that? Is that, is that not what In, it's called? No. Okay. <laughs> intake manager. Intake manager. Yeah, you know. He's special. The guy that, that admits you into it, right? It's... it's yeah. g- generally, though, I, I, I do appreciate the the in intake i've had to do that role it is it is a difficult role Mm -hmm. uh especially to to be hearing from you have people across a a wide swath of people that are currently drinking using people that are just trying to get into a program because they survived covid and being in a hospital for two weeks and his two biggest questions were, can you pass a drug test and will you blow zeros when you get here oh never mind it's so (laughs) keeping it simple I mean, yeah. you know, and so. I mean, especially in that situation, because you're not in Grand Rapids, right? Like mm-hmm. you're not at the front door. Yeah. So maybe that was it was like, well, if you want it bad enough to get yourself here mm-hmm. somehow, mm-hmm. then then we can really ask some harder questions. And like, you know, because that's kind of the first hard question is, are you actually going to show up? Well, and then that was followed by, are you willing to sit in a probationary period of isolation by yourself and kind of reflect on why you're here for a few days and you may not actually be accepted into the program. And so that was, I did not expect that, had no idea that would be happening. And that was, that was an eye opener. (laughs) Oh, so I may go up there and and get myself into this and then it might all be for naught. So that was interesting. What was your probationary period like? It was five days. Um, it was, I got here on a Wednesday. It was, a through the weekend. Um, it was interesting. I, uh, I took it as a chance to really reflect on, on what got me there. And honestly, it, it really wasn't too bad for me because I had a lot to reflect on. Um, also I wasn't by myself. I had another community member who I got to be pretty tight with. So that was interesting. Um, we're still good friends. Um, but yeah, I just they gave you homework to do, and uh, if you do it right, it's definitely a, a lot to think about. So I kept my mind pretty busy while I was there. I was safe. I was fed. I had a warm place to sleep. So could have been a lot worse. I like the so the the distinction that Guiding Light's not a detox center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it's I don't know if that that's just a distinction to be made. So and it was nice that you got to detox in other places like I've done intake before and a lot of those questions that come up is, you know, it's we're not a detox center, we don't have the medical staff there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um that's all I got really. I don't know where I was going oh. with that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I mean, I think that is an important distinction yes. to make because that is something that like that's not a service that's provided here. So you do have to detox ahead of time mm-hmm. and then come in not still actively detoxing that's where i was going with that mm-hmm. yeah thank you thank you for picking up the pieces <laughs> um the and also the willingness of can you show up mm-hmm. and drop clean and i i the the rules of that are it's the rules of that are depending call intake if you're interested yeah it's um, case by case basis <laughs> it is. yeah um but blowing zeros as well as it's one of those it's it's just a safety issue but also are you know are you willing to at least do that mm-hmm. and that's a difficult that's a we, we speak about barriers like that that is a big barrier for a lot of people and it's especially when it's like i my my idea when i went to rehab i i had a in a relationship that it's no longer happening now but 
it's funny of when we when rehab got brought up it was like oh yeah party time because right. i know two weeks from now i'm going to rehab so like i'm gonna go hard now yeah and we have a little bit of a different approach of, of that than here um yeah what was that i mean it sounds like you had already gone through detox you'd already uh ran that classic basement scenario out mm -hmm. was it difficult for you to make it up here sober no, I, I was at a point where I was pretty much willing to do whatever I needed to do. Um, I, my financial situation, my housing situation, my family relationships were all deteriorated to the point where, to put it bluntly, I was out of moves. So I was yeah. willing to do whatever I needed to do to get into this program. And so, you know, I wasn't excited about it, but uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah. it wasn't that difficult to uh, to remain sober for me. I mean, that could be, that's different for everyone, I'm sure. Well, and I mean, it depends. One thing that we've talked about on several episodes now is sometimes it's not the, the substance part of the recovery that is the hard thing. Mm -hmm. It's all of the other stuff. And it sounds like that was pretty true in your case. Like it wasn't necessarily just the not drinking. That was the really big issue. It was all of the other things mm -hmm. that really had to be worked on and handled. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's what the things that not only caused me to be an alcoholic or some of the things I was escaping by being an alcoholic, it was some of the damage that I had done during my addiction as well. So all of that was kind of bouncing around in my head. That was what my issue, that was what was difficult to deal with more than actually drinking when I got here. Yeah. What was it like to kind of, I'm always curious with, with a program like this, because it is four months to start with mm -hmm. of, totally being separated mm -hmm. from your life mm -hmm. as you know it right like because you're living here you're going through all of the programming and everything um what was that like for you like stepping kind of away from your whole life for four months at least it's so interesting because when i got here i was you know you think four months holy cow you know that's a long time you think i have all these things going on outside of here and it's now when i look back on it a it, it went by in the blink of an eye four months just really isn't that long in the grand scheme of things and then also i'm very grateful um that i had four months to just take a break from everything i mean how often do you get four months mm -hmm. to just hit pause on your life know that all of your basic needs are going to be taken care of and you get to address these issues I would argue there's people that are not in addiction that would benefit greatly from something like that. Oh, yeah. So when I look back on it, it's truly a gift. And I, you know, I even feel a little bit differently about how desperate I was when I got here. Um, what a gift to have hit that point and to be able to come up from it. Yeah. Have you thought of, has there been a moment where, where you had to stop yourself from saying, all right, I'm done. I'm going to leave. <laughs> there's been a point where some things happened where I was dealing with things that I didn't want to deal with I felt a little bit isolated and I was faced with a choice I was either going to fully commit and I was going to do this or I was going to leave I don't know that it ever came down to I'm leaving today I'm out of here it was just there were definitely a, a point probably about three weeks in where I was like I'm either going to commit and do this or I'm going to get out of here. And yeah. obviously I made the choice to commit, but yeah, definitely when you face all of those demons and you know, you have a life coach and a spiritual director and a therapist and you're thrown into this community and you feel a little bit out of place. Um, 
you're either going to embrace it or you're not. Did you have that? I mean, I like for Doug, I know that at the, I know your story, obviously, but mm. at the very beginning, at the very beginning, I was on probate. I was on, pro- I actually had the exact same timeline as you. I came in on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. five days mm-hmm. sitting up there, just bouncing off against the heads inside the walls inside my head. Um, and I, uh, and I went into the intake manager's office and I was like, this is not for me. I'm going to go. I got to get out of here. Um, I interrupted a house meeting. Um, and, uh, I don't remember what he said to me, but the gist of it was, you know, you've been, you've been running away from this problem your entire life. And if you're just going to walk out of here when things get tough, then that's what you're going to keep doing. And, uh, this is you have a unique opportunity here right now to for the first time in your life not run away when things get hard and so Mm. i was just like all right (laughs) and then i went back and i stood there for the three more days and you know i i tell that to all the guys who come in here on well sometimes i do um i tell that to guys on probation now where it's just like don't leave Mm -hmm. like give it you know i mean give it give it an honest attempt and if, and you know, if, if four months goes by and you're like, this was a waste of time, then big deal. It's four months. But I was the exact same way when I came here where I was like, man, four months, like, what? like I'm going to be here for four months in one second. That's what Matt told me one time. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, when I was getting towards the end of my four months, I kind of like I kind of didn't want it to be over. Honestly, like I had a really good time in rehab mm-hmm. here. And I think back on what I was then like what was I thinking when I was like man, 4 months. Like that's what am I going to do? Like I don't know what I was racing to get back to. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? My life was completely miserable coming in here, obviously. You don't show up to a free rehab in like the worst part of Grand Rapids <laughs> like, you know. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> What? There are way worse parts of Grand Rapids. You're okay. I knew he anyway, was going to get all of I'm not like saying that. I'm not saying we're like the Upper West all Side. All right, you're taking the air out of my uh, story. Yeah, yeah, it was really good until that. Well, be accurate. <laughs> it's not hard to get a reminder of why you're here by walking down the yeah. sidewalk out front. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was I'm not saying we're in the best part of Grand Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying... I mean, we're not in the worst part of Grand Rapids. It depends on what your definition of worst is. But in any case, I think that is kind Sorry, of the Doug. cool thing. You did ruin it. <laughs> you can cut all that out. No, I'm not going to cut it out. No, no, no. no. Um, He's a professional. Oh, this isn't live? No. What do you mean? Oh, that's a little bit of a Oh, oh yeah. Okay. No, he doesn't edit, Do you think we got though, that so type don't. of audience okay. that they're tuning in? <laughs> I didn't know. Did you really think we were like broadcasting right now? I, yeah, I thought we were live and I'm like, I'm fumbling <laughs> no. around like an idiot. No. So. <laughs> no, you're doing great. Oh, that's, the, that's great. The point, so, and so you touched on it. I, I've had a similar experience where there's like, you can kind of look back at a moment. Mm-hmm. Um but to to shed some light on the amazingness of Doug, because I stole his for a little bit. Uh, how I, I feel like working in recovery and being in recovery is a very unique opportunity to very few times do people have a chance to look back and say, like, that's the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I made a decision. Like, that one little domino fell in this one little spot. And mind you, we our whole lives might fall apart tomorrow. Like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but what a unique opportunity to say like, wow, like that's, mm-hmm. and people, it's like, you just have to sit still. You just have yeah. to do it. Like mm-hmm. you, it's, you're not going to know it was that moment until yeah. potentially that years was later. literally the moment. And you're right. When most people don't have an opportunity to be able to like, Oh wow, that right yeah. there, that yeah. was the moment, you know? Um, that was the one moment where I decided to stop doing what every fiber of my being was telling me to do, you know, which is just run away. And I was telling myself, I'm like, I'm going to figure something out. I'm going to go to another (laughs) rehab. You know what I mean? Something that's a little bit easier and, uh, this isn't for me. And, uh, I might start drinking again a little bit, but it'll be okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I <laughs> like <laughs> all the bargaining and mental gymnastics. I love uh, it. I was definitely thinking that, but oh, it's a, um, it's an endurance race up there. Yeah, yeah. but you know, I need thank, somewhere where they bring me the food. It's 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 the that's the best decision I ever made was sticking it out here. So the I I like every. I get excited when people talk about that because I know exactly. I feel like if 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 you've had that experience, you know what that experience is like. Mm-hmm. To have every single fiber in your body just be like, "What are you doing? Like this mm-hmm. is not what we do," and to choose and like the whole idea of living your life differently. And again, it's you could take take drugs and alcohol away. I'm still gonna make bad decisions. Like, are you? Am I gonna live my life differently? And as simple as that for me, it was a phone call. Like mm-hmm. I had, I made a phone call where I lived my life differently and I can, and I have the honor of, I have the, my office is now the office that I made that phone call in. I literally sit in the same spot today on my computer doing work that I made that, that I made that phone call in. And, you know, Doug, you get to be in the same building as well. And, and Nick, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a really great, it's a great experience. Yeah. yeah. Very distinctly remembered as well. And it turned out to be the best decision I've made. So. I actually have a similar experience. I was actually just going to ask. I know. (laughs) Um, So it actually led to me being here. My moment. Um, What? (laughs) It did. It was, I was working in the field that I got my master's degree in and I had been working in that job and I was asked because I had said that I wanted to leave and somebody asked me if I was serious or not. And it was a person who was in charge of me. So it was very much that moment of like, you're either going to say, no, 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 no. I take it back and keep doing what you've been hating doing for two and a half. It was almost three years at that point. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to make a decision to not be miserable anymore. And I said, yeah, I am serious. And they said, oh, cool. We're going to hire your replacement. (laughs) Thanks for letting us know. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And in... In training my replacement, I was working with one of the guys from, because the guys from Guiding Light go to a program um, that helps with employment, mm-hmm. who I will not name since I'm talking about leaving. Um. <laughs> I was curious. I was like, oh, she's really bouncing around that name. Yeah, nope, I'm I, sure you can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you probably can. <laughs> um, so in training my replacement, I was talking to one of the guys and he said, I, I don't know why I told him I was going to be a life coach because I wasn't. It was kind of a lie. Um, I didn't know what I was going to be doing next, but I knew I didn't want to be doing that anymore. Um, So I just told him like, oh, yeah, I was going to go do some like life coaching or something. And he was like, oh, you should work at Guiding Light. And then he actually emailed the director of the program at the time and me and set up a meeting. Hmm. Now he's a coach here. It was Jacob. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. So I have him to thank for putting me in this position. (laughs) 
which I never fail to remember. But and the moral of the story is lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's when you're faced with a moment where you really get to decide, am I willing to continue being miserable or am I going to do something that might feel wrong Mm-hmm. that might feel against everything I believe in. Like up until that point, I had done everything that I was supposed to do. You know, going to college, Quotes. going to, sure. Yeah, going to grad school, getting a job in the field. Like I had done everything that I was supposed to do, but I was so miserable that I had to do something different. And when you're faced with that moment and that question of do I keep being miserable because I know how to survive this, because I know how to get through this, or do I do the scariest thing that I will possibly ever do and make a decision to do something different? Oh, I get so geeked about it. Right? Like I which, really, I really do. Like that's the, it's amazing. And it's, I, so my, if speak of like coaching and meta goals and goals and all this other stuff, like, so like my meta goal, if you would, or the, the lens that I like to live my life through is, is curiosity. Mm-hmm. I like the spiritual principle of curiosity and I, I hear that story and it is of just, yeah. Like, oh, I might do some life coaching. And it's, you know, that's just an off the cuff comment of, yep. you know, who knows? And then stepping into that being like, I don't, re- sure. Like I'll say yes. Mm-hmm. Like just say yes to something new. Say yes to something different. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be this. And it's same. It doesn't have to be an addiction. It could be your life in general. It, you, you were, I mean, I don't know how successful you were in the other role. I, just, I don't know what you measure success nah. as. I mean, it was, it was fine, but it wasn't, it was ultimately not leading me to anywhere that I wanted to go yeah. either. Like the, the next step in that trajectory wasn't one that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Was it management? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. And I was like, no, like that. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. Like it was lateral moves that I knew I didn't want, or it was upward movement that I also didn't want. Mm-hmm. So where do you go from there? Sometimes it's just like throwing a Hail Mary and be like, well, well whatever. F it. Let's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's sometimes it really is about like, I don't know what's on the other side of this. And I yes. hear that so often from the guys that I work with here. Mm-hmm. Like I legitimately have no idea what's on the other side. I don't know if there is even anything better, but I'm willing to at least give it a chance because of what I know in working. I like the fact that so I'll, all I wanted was, I wanted guarantees. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted sobriety. I wanted somebody to tell me, you do A, B, and C, and you're going to get one, two, and three. Yeah. And I think one of the most powerful things, I remember having a conversation with my life coach, and I was going through the program, and I was like, well, what's going to happen? He's like, I have no idea what's going to happen. And he said basically the same thing of, yeah. I have no idea what's going to happen if you make this decision, but you're pretty sure you know what's going to happen if you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the honesty that coaches and and just the honesty that people can have with each other of hey is it going to be okay i have no idea mm-hmm. i'm not going to lie to you yeah like we we know we know where your old behavior gets you mm-hmm. um where's your new behavior gonna go i don't know and for some reason for me it was like insane to be like i don't know i feel like i don't know if i stop doing drugs like is my life gonna get better <laughs> like well. i mean i can't tell you yes but like yeah I mean, you at least have more fuel to work with. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> no, I totally agree with what they're saying. Um, <laughs> you know, and that, that was the point I was at. You know, if I leave here, where do I go? What do I do? Yeah. Well, whatever it is, it isn't going to be better. It's going to be the same or worse. Um, you know, where do I go? Mel Trotter and be, live as a homeless person? That's not going to be better. Do I spiral further into addiction? Um, you know, 
chances are I wasn't going to turn my life around living the same way. And actually, Daniel, <laughs> when you come into the program, you uh, you kind of give your story to the group of guys and the life coaches. And I remember very pointedly afterwards, I was concerned with how I did. Uh, well, <laughs> when I when I talked to the guys and gave my story, and I remember I walked into Daniel's office and asked him how he did. I did, and he just looked at me and said. I'm just going to let you sit with how you're feeling right now. I'm not going to make you feel better or worse. Just sit with it and, uh, you know, go from there. But basically get out of my office. And uh, I remember (laughs) when I was sitting in my room having that moment of I'm either going to leave here I'm not going to leave here. I remembered him doing that. It was like just sit with this for a minute. Mm. Just sit with it for a day. Get through it. See what happens tomorrow. If you still feel the same way, figure out plan B. And uh, just by sitting through it, um, it changed my life. Yeah. Not every feeling requires an action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. I was going to say, I probably had some, like, I had some wisdom I was about to drop. Let me let me tell you. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. It was too good. Great. <laughs> oh, no, that's uh, every, there you go. I died. This wisdom came back. Oh, my God. Sometimes you just have to give him a little bit of a training wheel. Yeah, it's and then been, he, then he dude, goes. I've been here since like 5.30 in the morning. Um, anyways, yeah, feel bad for me, everyone in this room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel really bad for you. <laughs> the right decision, doing the right thing does not always feel good. No. It doesn't. Right. I, I've so many, and that's a lesson that I have to brutally learn constantly if whether it be in relationships whether it be in my career whether it be in my family like just because i can make the right choice and still be like oh i don't feel good about that like like mm-hmm. I don't know. it doesn't it doesn't always make your life better either no you know like mm-hmm. you think i mean just going back to talking about like if you just put down the bottle life will get better like no yeah it can it can get worse sometimes there's more to it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to deal with all of this horribleness exactly. I created sober. It, 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 <laughs> it yeah. immediately yeah, gets worse. That, that that was a bitter pill for me to swallow. Yeah. I like I have hurt people in sobriety and I was just like yeah, same. Oh, like I knew it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, right? You can't, <laughs> it wasn't even yeah. there wasn't even a part like I was like uh, You can't I, blot it out anymore. Yeah. No. And then it's and then you just have to sit there like oh, like I, I really hurt someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to deal with that. And then and if you avoid doing the right thing, then that sucks. <laughs> and then you have to still deal with it. Yeah. And then doing and then trying to get yourself to do the right thing sucks. And then avoiding it hurts. And everything hurts. Why doesn't Dude. life just constantly feel good? <laughs> I'm gonna start drinking again. <laughs> no, I, I'm glad you brought that up too. Because I think that is something I've been thinking about a lot because I've had like conversations with friends and there's been a lot of people um talking about like cutting off toxic family yeah Mm -hmm. you know like this idea of cutting out people and like sometimes you have to and it does suck it doesn't feel good to say i can't have contact with you anymore and but sometimes you have to like sometimes that is the healthiest choice you can make for yourself is i have to stop participating in this situation Mm -hmm. and let that go and that might hurt the other person. It might hurt you at first, yeah. but ultimately you have to do what is in your best interest for long game. 
You there. can't play short game all the time. Can't play short game all it's the time. It's a marathon. You can't play short game all the time. <coughs> <laughs> can't trust the short game. It's trust me, when it gets short, you can't Did trust I that game. You can't into go on reference. The short game? <laughs> Look, life's not a short stop, okay? Oh my God. You can't trust your game to be in short. No, if you're if you're short, I'm not hate I like I'm not I'm not saying anything. I'm about, not hating on like, the game, but I'm the better sh- not be short. If it's How the game, call a timeout on this. So <laughs> there's a cost. There is a. I think this gets lost. A lot. There is a cost to a new life. Yes. There is a cost to recovery. Mm-hmm. There is a. It's worth it, but it's still a cost. It's, yeah. I, people always talk like, "Oh my life!" I can't stand it when people are early in recovery and like, "How's your life going?" <gasps> it's great. Everything's so great. I'm yeah. like, life's not that good. No yeah. to nobody. It's been two and a half years. I my life has never been great. Like like my life is so much better, but when people ask me that, it's never been as good as some of those people in early sobriety who talk like that sometimes. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's like I've never like the sun's I, shining. Yeah, and I'm and I'm like, I've never felt that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been sober a lot longer than you. So <laughs> You're maybe lying, I maybe I need to drink again and get that one month chip. I'm gonna start drinking again. <laughs> this settles it. Exactly. I think I can handle it now. Yeah. Right. I'm smart enough now. like there. It's just a note. This is sarcasm. In case it's not translating. That's a short game right there. It's coming through. <laughs> <laughs> that's. that's See, we're um, marathoners here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're talking. We're ultra trail runners. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is ultra trail running a thing? Ultras? Yeah. Yeah. Ultra marathons? No. no okay. Ultra. Yeah. How Ultras. far is an ultra? Oh. Uh, ultra is anything over a marathon distance. So the shortest okay. is usually yeah. a fifty k, but they go up to they have the Moab two forty, which is two hundred thirty eight miles, multi day race. Wow. Who hurt them? Uh, it's actually funny. There's there's is a there's a group of people and that do ultras that. They speak about being in recovery of, of mm-hmm. there's just something that you can, you can dig into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's half the reason I, I really like running is because it is your, your mind will, your body's telling me no, that's <laughs> <laughs> just okay. <laughs> your, your brain is telling you stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for all those reasons of those, those hard decisions where yeah. every single fiber in your body is saying stop or run or whatever it might be. And running was a, just a great analogy for me of being like, yeah, but you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you can keep going. So Nick, you're going to be in a 5K coming up, right? I actually am not going to be in the 5K okay. coming Good up for you. due to a little back injury. Running is the yeah. worst, dude. For real, man. <laughs> so just to let you know, but there you is a there is a triathlon sprint length coming up in. Doug's going to run a. No. Doug's doing triathlon with me. No. <laughs> Doug does not seem committed to that. He's very committed. It's, where's where's that's your willingness? His, that's his game face. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm not in the program, bro. <laughs> I do love the smile that crossed your face when he asked you that question. It was so nostalgic. So, <laughs> where's your willingness? I'm not sure what my face was doing. Unintentionally it's a Speaking of willingness, though, I will give Doug a, a, a lot of credit Yeah. for I... He has some of the best grit that I've seen people do of, what are you, biting your pencil? Yeah. He's like, don't compliment me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyways, he's, it, it's just, it's been awesome to, 
be in this recovery journey and to know Doug and to kind of like we've done a few just like physical activities together and just to there's something very special that at least I see to be able to capture that little moment of living your life differently when you do at least for us physical exercise or something yeah. and, you, and you have those moments where you're like I can't do this and then you see somebody like but I'm going to and that's they, one of the coolest things about being here is yeah. you have the opportunity to be able to push yourself in that because a lot of people don't have that opportunity you know no, they I would have never like I hate exercise and working out <laughs> and stuff like that and I never would have had the opportunity to learn that I kind of like it mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for rehab at Guiding Light, which you can find out about at uh, guidinglightworks.org if you want to know about uh, what happens here more often. Mm-hmm. We're trying to, we're tr- I'm trying to end this. It's, oh, you, it's you, you can also check it out in the show notes. You can also check it out in the show notes. notes. The the show notes, yeah. We have a Facebook too, right? We have a Facebook, Starwipe. What? What? Huh? Did you just see that? I'm looking right at you. Starwipe. (laughs) (laughs) You guys didn't see it? No. Oh, okay. What is Starwipe? I don't know. Anyways, uh, thank you. Thank you, Nick. Yes. Um, for also just really step, yeah, again, just, we grabbed him like, you're doing yeah. a podcast today, right? And he's like, no. You showed great willingness. Thank you. Willingness Love and vulnerability. Yeah. It. And it was great. Thanks yes. for chatting with us. Of course. Yeah. And as always, thank you, Debbie. Um, thank you, Daniel. Yeah. And Doug, also thank you for all you do. And cool. Being such a great producer. All right. Please edit this to make me not look foolish. Nick, you even, were great. <laughs> you were I don't really even know great. what we do with great. the, with the. Video. I don't think we do. What? It goes on YouTube. Does it really? No. They're all on YouTube. I showed I, them. The, yeah. Hey, what can I say? You you give the fans what they want. You know? All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> oh, I thought we were already done. Is yeah. that what star wiping is? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> what is star wipe? Oh. <laughs> Did you do this too? I, you, you'll, you'll see. It's an idea I had. It's funny. I'm really all right. excited for that. Yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought we were already done. I know. I really.